What is up, everyone? Welcome into Locked On Kings. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. I'm a radio host here at Sports 1140 KHTK, the flagship station of your Sacramento Kings. I am also part of the Kings radio broadcast team. Uh, we have another good one coming up for you. Finishing up roster reviews today. Going to get through the rest of the roster. I think we got seven different players to get to uh, because they started started having some turnover at the end of the year. Started bringing some guys in. And some of them were pleasant surprises. Some others, not so much. Uh, so stick around. Coming up next on the Locked On Kings podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings. Your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up, everyone? Welcome into Locked On Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. As I mentioned, finishing up roster reviews today, we have seven players to get to. Uh, As I said, there were some... Uh, roster turnover. Some new guys coming in. Uh, I'm sure you noticed I did not do a George Hill or Malachi Richardson review for obvious reasons. Um, Both were disappointing. How about that? How's that for a review? Anyways, moving on. I'm going to start with three guys that should be here next year. There's no reason to think they won't. Um, We'll start with Amon Shumpert. The only reason you might think he won't be here is if he opts out, but I do not see that happening at all. Um, there's no reason for him to opt out. He's going to be making $11 million uh, if he opts in. That's guaranteed. And there's no way he's going to find that anywhere on the free agent market. So I'd imagine he'll be here. And he's a guy I wouldn't mind having around. I mean, yes, the price tag is way too high for him. But bottom line, he, especially if Garrett Temple leaves, if Garrett Temple opts out, which I think there's a better chance of that than Shumpert opting out, Shumpert becomes your best wing defender immediately. And he is a good wing defender. It's not not by default that he would get that that title. Um, He did not play at all. I think he could have played towards the end of the year, but at that point, there was no no point to it. I mean, why why rush him to, to get, you know, random minutes in a game? And also, why help yourself win games uh, if you don't have to at that point of the year? So, Shump. Coming back. I don't mind it. Uh, There's not much to talk about from this last season because, as I said, he didn't play a second for the Kings. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, depending on the moves that are made, if he's not one of the starters, uh, maybe it's, you know, uh, De'Aaron, Shump, and Bogey at the three. Uh, Not ideal, but I think Bogey can play some three. He'd be somewhat undersized, but not terribly. Um, He can handle it. So that's possible, or he just comes off the bench as your, you know, best best wing defender, which is also fine. He is a good wing defender. So uh, I think he'll be back, and I don't, it's not, yeah, he won't live up to that contract to the price he's getting paid next year, but I don't think it's a bad thing to have him back unless, you know, he's a, a bad locker room guy, which we've never heard. We've never got any whispers of that or anything. So it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the team. Um, I think defense obviously is going to be his man calling card. Uh, can he, you know, shoot from three a little better? He had, I think he's had one solid year from three. Um, you know, he'll put him up. He'll put him, he ain't, he ain't shy, but that'll be interesting to see what he can bring, uh, to the team next year. Um, 
and like I said, because he didn't play last year, it's tough to tough to really reflect on it and say what he'll bring. But mostly it'll be defense. And for one of the worst defensive teams in the league, that will be a plus. So there's Shump. Again, that's a short one because there's only so much to say about a guy who didn't play. Moving on to Frank Mason. Why not? Let's go Frank Mason. As I mentioned, these first three guys are ones that are definitely going to be around. Definitely going to be around. And Frank Mason, I mean, that this is regard, or, uh, you know, unless barring, barring some random trade or anything. But he is under contract. Um, he showed some good stuff this first year. He came in and was the most NBA-ready player out of the ones that they drafted or brought in um, out of the young guys. And I think by the end of the year, De'Aaron had surpassed him because um, he's Frank has some things he's got to work out too, things he's got to fix. But he is, at the very least, a good backup, a good backup point guard and a, a solid role player. And he's an NBA player. I said this about Justin Jackson also, especially considering the most recent history of Kings draft picks, finding an NBA player is not a bad thing. That's a positive. So they at least have that. They at least have that in Frank Mason. Uh, you know, Not to mention he, he had a pretty solid year. Just about 8 points a game, 2.8 assists, 2.5 rebounds. 2.5 rebounds for a 5'11 point guard ain't bad. Ain't bad at all. Uh, another positive, he shot 36% from three. Didn't take a ton. Um, but still pretty good. He, he, it's at least something, if that number, if he maintains that percentage on a higher uh, number of threes, that's a huge positive, especially from your backup point guard. One negative, he shot 38% from the field. That is not very good. That is something he definitely needs to improve upon, and something that was... Part of it is the fact that he's fearless, and you love that. You love that out of this kid. You love that out of anyone on your team, really. But at times, that would lead him to take some bad shots, to go head up with a seven-footer. And, you know, he didn't win that one a lot. He lost that one more often than not. Um, And 38% from the field is just not good. So that's something he's definitely going to have to improve upon. His mid-range is going to have to improve upon. Um, there's, There's definitely some things he can work on. But he's a, for a second rounder, that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. You found yourself not only an NBA player, a solid role player, and definitely your backup point guard moving forward. So that's a good pick. That's one that worked out. And with their most recent history, that's, that's a positive, as I've mentioned. Find yourself some guys who can at least contribute. Because once you find that star, then you have pieces around them. I mean, I'm sure people would rather find a star and then try and fill in around him. That's fine, too. But let's also not just pick a bunch of busts. <laughs> so it's a good good thing, good pick. Frank Mason definitely has a future with the Kings, future in this league. I like what he brought. And for 5'11", he's a solid defender also. Uh, there's obviously limitations because of his size, but he gets after it. He's, he's fearless, fierce, uh, fierce player, fierce defender. I like him. Um, I, I, I don't know if you remember, he had dreads in for about one or two games. Uh, I want those back. I need those back, Frank. Uh, I remember I tweeted out the game he had him that I liked his dreads and that was all the analysis I had. And that was it. That's it. 
I need the dredge back, Frank. Make it happen. Make it happen. Uh, no, I like him. He's going to be good moving forward. What I'd like to see out of him next year, because that's part of what we're doing here, is roster review and then what we want to see moving forward out of him. I'd like to see uh, a little more efficient. Uh, bump up that, that field goal percentage. Don't always, you know, try and finish over a seven-foot center. You know, if, if it's not there, kick it out. Um, your fearlessness is definitely a positive, but it can lead to some bad shots as well. So, that you know, just things you got to work on. And again, the, you, you always improve from your first to second year. So for a first-year guard, solid, solid season, solid season by, by Frank Mason. Moving on to another rookie who we did not get to see play. But there's a lot of buzz around him. People really like this kid. Harry Giles. Harry freaking Giles. A lot of buzz, man. A lot of people are high on him. Um, people that know more than me, you know. So I, I, I'll listen to them. I'll defer to them with all the positives, all the, the praise they're heaping on him. But, man, let's see it. Let's see it. And no offense to, again, people that know better than me or to the Kings or anything, but it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of what, like, bad teams say. You know, oh, well, this kid that, you know, is hurt and hasn't played all year, he's going to be the star. And maybe he is. And if he is, that's awesome because you got him at pick 20, and that's great value, and you're going to have him under a rookie deal for the next three years. But let me see it. Let me see it. I haven't seen it in three years, man. He played 26 games in college, missed most of his senior year in high school with a, a, a another bum knee. Um, this entire year he was out because of his injury. And I think part of that is they were giving him extra time to make sure he's healed. And hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that's the case. You know, he's, what, 6'10", you know, 230, 240, apparently incredibly skilled, uh, does, you know, one of these new age bigs. Uh, and not to say he's going to be any of these guys, but, you know, a, an Anthony Davis type, uh, a, you know, Carl Anthony Towns type who you know, has the build of a center, but plays like a guard, has the ability to play like a guard, that kind of deal. And again, don't take the comparisons to any of those stars too seriously. Um, we as analysts suck at comparisons. So, <laughs> so take it with a grain of salt. But as I said, missed his rookie year, a lot of positive buzz. The biggest thing for me, for him next year, stay healthy, play the majority of the season. Let me get 50 to 60 games out of you, man. Let me get 82. That's awesome. That'd be awesome to get that. I don't know if we will, but just stay healthy. Show us some of these flashes that we've heard about, that everyone's buzzing about. And, you know, show us why you were considered a, you know, top five talent, but fell because of your injuries. Um, so that's where I'm at with him. I, I, I hear the buzz. It all sounds good, but I just need to see it. I just need to see it. And, uh, and health is his biggest thing, especially considering it's been, you know, almost two, three years since, since he's really played meaningful basketball. He's played very little basketball in the last three years, and that makes me nervous. And his injury history, obviously. But that's the biggest thing for me, is his health. Whatever he gives you on the court, fine. If he comes out and is average to below average, but gives me, you know, 70 games, I'll be fine with that. But that's the biggest thing, is let me see you stay healthy and get on the court. Even if it's the G League, shoot. At the new Stockton Kings, huh? What do you guys think about that? I love that. I love that they're in Stockton. 
And I love that they went with the Kings also. I think uh, my man Christopher Lodd, who had said Stockton Squires or something like that, or the Princes, which I thought was good too. But uh, Stockton Kings, I love it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place starting to talk about the G League. Harry Giles, stay healthy. Let me see it, man. Let's see it. Summer League, too. I'm excited. He's one of the reasons I'm really excited for Summer League. I mean, I love Summer League. I think all us NBA freaks love Summer League. Um, and I mean that lovingly because I am as big a freak as anyone when it comes to the NBA. Uh, like, I'll be watching a ton of Summer League, regardless of whether Harry Giles is there or not. But it's one of the reasons why I am excited for Summer League is to see what he can do. If he dominates, obviously, that's a positive. Uh, but we'll see. We will see. You are listening to Locked On Kings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Come on back. we got a few more players to get to in our end-of-year roster review, so stick around. Welcome back to Locked On Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton, and we are continuing roster review. we got four more players to get to, maybe six. Yeah, let's make it six. Here we go. Papionis was bad. Uh, not very good. A terrible pick at 13. Uh, it was bad at the time they made it, continued to be bad, and he's a bust. Um, somehow signed on with Portland, has not seen the floor. Um, I don't know if he ever will. And a terrible pick by the front office. Malachi Richardson with the Toronto G League team was traded just because it was time to move on, basically. Um, he was traded for Bruno Caboclo, who I'm going to get to immediately. Uh, but basically traded, these two teams basically traded guys that they had, I don't know, given up might be strong, but who they decided it was time to move on from. And it happens. Uh, but Bruno Caboclo was a first-round pick who they got basically because of his upside, and I think that's part of why the Kings also traded for him, and part of it was, you know, we're both just moving on. Uh, but the guy's intriguing. Look, I know he wasn't impressive on the floor from what we saw in his limited minutes, but he was picked because he's six foot nine with a seven seven wingspan, um, and we've seen it. I've seen it from different reports: seven six, seven seven, seven eight. No matter what, he's got a crazy wingspan for a guy that's six nine. And the upside you have with a guy that big and that kind of wingspan, you try and develop it. You see what you can get. He's going to continue to get opportunities because of that, and hasn't worked out yet. Um, I'm still intrigued. Maybe I'm just as dumb as some of these scouts who are so intrigued by size, but that's me. What can I say? I'm dumb. So uh, I still want to see what he can do. Not sure if he'll be back with the team. If it was just a, you know, hey, we, we needed to move on from Malachi and we were able to get this guy and give him a look and it didn't work out, or if they want to keep trying to work with him. Because with his physical abilities, and we're going to hear this, you're going to hear this a good amount uh, with the next couple people I'm going to uh, go over. He should be better defensively. He should be able to do certain things that other players can't, that aren't 6'9", and don't have, you know, 7'7", seven, seven wingspans, and, and all that. So, still intrigued, still want to see what he's got. He was not very good in his time uh, on the floor. I didn't even take his stats down, because they're kind of kind of pointless because he didn't get enough of an opportunity to really get anything out of it. But when you're that big, man, <laughs> you know, you're going to get opportunities. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings bring him back, depending on what they can do in free agency. Um, he's a guy with that size. 
And wingspan is, I would look at him as a small ball five, honestly. Um, because he's still kind of slender, but with a wingspan that big, you're able to play basically a small forward at the five with, you know, the wingspan and, and kind of size, height, etc. of a seven footer. So I'd be interested in that. I don't know if that will happen. I don't know if he'll be back. But if he is, that's something I'd like to see. Maybe even they tinker with it in the G League. Who knows? But I agree with his, the, the intrigue around him. Um, if they move on, it's understandable because he didn't play great. And I get it. And blah, blah, blah. But if they do keep him around, I would be interested to see what they can maybe get out of him. And again, this all kind of hinges on what they can do in free agency or trades or you know who opts in and who opts out. That's one of the most interesting parts about the Kings is this roster could be could be major turnover could be a lot more of the same we don't really know um so bruno you're interesting man i'm interested let's see what happens i i if he does stick around that's another reason i'll be interested in the summer league to see has he gotten any better or has he focused on other things uh a lot of players focus on their offense and not just offense they're scoring and it's understandable because that's you know that's what'll get you paid in the nba but there's more to the game than just scoring. And does he focus on, I mean, with that wingspan, rim protection, uh, you know, defense, maybe getting time as the small ball five, who knows? So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. I remain intrigued and I'm excited to see what he can do. And hopefully we do get to see him in summer league. Um, even if it's not for the Kings, he's someone I'm going to continue to look at and be interested in. But if any of the other players that I've continued to be interested in are, you know, part of my track record, then he probably won't be very good. Looking at you, Myers Leonard. <laughs> Shout out, Bruno. I'm excited. Moving on to the cooler, the big man, Jack Cooley, coolest guy in the room. I mean, all the puns I'm throwing out, you know, are, are hilarious if I do say so myself, but he is a cool guy. He was in the KHTK studios recently and just really nice, humble dude. Um, he also didn't have a huge sample size. He only played in seven games, 12.4 minutes a game, um, 5.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, just under one assist, which is intriguing because, like I said, there's way more to the game than just offense or just scoring. Excuse me, there's way more to offense than just scoring. Summer League legend, another reason why I love Summer League. Uh, he was a beast in Summer League. You know, he was getting Cooley chance in Vegas. Uh, he is a big, big dude. And I think he's proven that he's an NBA player, which, again, is good. Um, I don't know if... Part two, it'll depend on Costa and other options they have. Um, he's a matchup player. I'll put it that way. Probably not a guy you're going to start a bunch. Um, you know, if your starting center goes down, maybe you could start him, but he's a matchup. I'd, I'd, I'd throw him on the, on the block against Steven Adams, um, or some of the bigger, more lumbering, you know, centers in the league. There aren't a ton of them, but when you go up against a big guy like Steven Adams or, you know, Zaza Pachulia, or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know who else, uh, whatever other big, you know, the Lopez brothers, um, any of these, you know, really big, uh, kind of old school, I guess you could say Nurkic, Yusuf Nurkic, um, I, I, I would want Cooley around. Definitely a matchup player and a solid matchup player. And I think he's proven uh, in his short time that he has NBA skills 
and uh, an NBA body and NBA ability. So whether it's with the Kings or not, I don't know. It's going to depend on whether uh, whether Costa comes back, what Willie Colley Stein's deal is. Um, you know, not that Willie's under contract, but again, this offseason, everything's so up in the air. You know, would they look to move him, or if they get the right offer? You know, just all that stuff. So we'll see. But Cooley, I think, made the most of his opportunities, and. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on a team next year, making making guaranteed NBA money. So we'll see. Um, but he's been fun to watch. I mean, great moment uh, when first game he had, and he you know scored eight and eight, something like that, in a very short amount of time. People are chanting Cooley at the G1C. That stuff's just fun, man. So I'll be interested to see what happens with him because um, I do think he's he's got NBA ability as a matchup player. So there's the cooler, the cool one, Cooley. Uh, let's move on to the other two-way contract who I've been very high on all year, Jakar Sampson. Jakar only played 22 games. I thought he, it felt like he got more than that, but I guess not. Um, he proved with his energy, um, his size, to be a solid player, uh, a contributor. He only averaged, you know, 4.7 points, 3.5 rebounds, less than one assist. Uh, 50% from three, but that's five of 10. Um, his ability and those numbers and just the way he plays the game, plays his ass off. I would like to see him back and I'd like to see him get more time. Honestly, I'd like to see him get more opportunities. Um, he's obviously not going to shoot 50% from three, but you know, with a larger sample size, is he, you know, 35, 38, 40, those are all acceptable numbers. And if he's doing that, that's a positive, man. That is something that not only the Kings could use, but a lot of teams in the NBA could use. His uh, positional flexibility, too. I mentioned small ball five for Bruno, small ball five for uh, Jakar Sampson as well. I could easily see him get minutes uh, in a lineup at the five and spread out the defense and you know knock down some threes. Uh, his energy, his ability, I just, I like him. I like him, and I think he deserved more opportunities this year, and I think he should get those next year somewhere. I hope it's with the Kings, but we'll see. Um, for the offseason for him, and I think this is also you know one of those inside basketball things that we don't know about as fans, there's obviously reasons why they didn't play him more. You know, I would see Jaeger kind of lay into him uh, during certain timeouts and stuff like that. So obviously there's some... Mental uh, mistakes, you know, uh, missing his assignments, things like that, that we don't know about um, as fans and probably, you know, mattered as coaches, etc., whatever, uh, and probably affected his playing time. So for him, that's what I would like to see him work on. I would like to see him figure that whatever is keeping him off the floor, fix that. Um, because I don't think it's, you know, his shooting ability, rebounding, defending ability. I don't think it's any of that stuff. Um, so that's what I need to see him improve upon in the offseason. This is Locked On Kings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Come on back. We've got one more player to get to in this year's roster review. Welcome back to Locked On Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. And we got one more player to get through for the roster review and that man is Nigel Hayes. Nigel Hayes 
came late in the year. They signed him to a roster spot, which I kind of thought would go to Jakar Sampson, but they, you know, decided to give it to Nigel Hayes uh, because of roster uh, flexibility or whatever. Um, you know, Jakar Sampson's 45 days with the uh, with the Kings weren't coming up, so they wanted to use the, so he could still be with the Kings with the main club, and then they signed Nigel Hayes to the main club. Uh, while still being able to play Jakar, blah, blah, blah. I thought symbolically it would have been a nice thing to give it to Jakar, but I understand uh, why they didn't and what they did. So, anyways, Nigel Hayes was a college star at Wisconsin, I believe. The guy's got a pretty insane build. Uh, he's 6'7", 255, with a 7'3", wingspan. And he came in, and he was not shy. He got his shots up. He was trying to prove something. Did not work out that way. <laughs> Did not hit a lot of shots, but he had no problem taking them, uh, which was interesting. Um, we'll see what happens if they try and bring him back, or maybe he's a G League guy or whatever. Um, his size, I'd like to see more defensively out of him. 6'7", you know, 250, weight of a center, basically, wingspan of a center. I'd like to see more. And again, opportunities were limited, so... That that matters. I don't know how much of you know how much better you get with more opportunities or whatever. But uh, another theme that you guys are seeing with me, um, with Jakar and Bruno, and now with Nigel, small ball five, small ball four, even with that size and that ability, you know you can mix up lineups. You can go smaller without giving up too much. I mean, it's kind of a similar build to Draymond Green. Now, obviously, at this moment, Draymond's a lot better player. But similar build should have the similar intensity, similar toughness to be able to take on bigger players. So I'll be interested to see that if he does come back with the team. I'm not sure. We'll see. Again, these all of these guys I mentioned uh, uh, today, or at least the last four, you know, Jakar, Nigel, Cooley, Caboclo, depends on what happens with the team moving forward. What happens with the roster spots? What happens with free agents? Uh, the draft? All these things. So it's a really intriguing offseason for the Kings, and I'm excited for it. Very excited for it. Whether it's the draft, free agency, summer league, all that stuff. So I can't wait. Let's go. Let's get it started. I guess we got to sit through the rest of the playoffs, which I'm actually all good with. Playoffs are the best, man. It's a great time. Great time to be a basketball fan, for sure. I am Charles T. Hamilton. This has been Locked On Kings. I believe next week you're going to have a week full of Matt George, and then I'll be back after that. I hope you guys enjoyed this roster review. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Am I wrong about any of these guys? Do you agree with me? Um, do you disagree vehemently? Do you think Bruno's a star? Uh, you know, is Frank Mason going to take the starting job from De'Aaron? <laughs> Hit me up at CTH415. want to hear from you guys. want to know what you guys want to hear uh, on these podcasts, too. As I said, this podcast is for you. And uh, we got the summertime coming up. So it's whatever you guys want. So let me know. This has been Locked On Kings on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.